I don't know if this is the time or opportunity for us to debrief, but if, down the line in the near future, we're going to have to have a debrief section session about this whole week. Honey, what is, uh, what is life trying to do to us? I know. And we'd be saying that each week, but this time, like what the fuck? Literally. Like, I don't know, man. I really don't even want to cry right now, so I don't even want to talk about some of the stuff that happened this week. But, yo, uh, keep Suburban Pod in your prayers, guys. Both, of our, both of our families. <laughs> Listen, I cried enough this week. <laughs> yeah. I will say, without giving any information about either of our situation, it is tough seeing your parents get older yeah and having to face uh mortality and seeing the look of mortality in your family's eyes it's it's a completely different thing it's like it's it's a part of reality that is literally unacceptable. Yeah. And I get like, uh, people have said that your parents prepare you for when they're no longer going to be here. But when that time you think comes, that is the scariest shit I've ever fucking experienced. And I've been through some crazy shit, Mm -hmm. but yeah if this week was a test run of that whew. bro these two, a lot has been going on to say the least my friend mm. this shit is wild mm. hey we gonna have a testimony for y'all one of these podcasts oh honey <laughs> We go look. I'm gonna hire an organist to come and play over the shit because what God then showed both of us <laughs> has been a test. <laughs> like, bro, shit, wild as fuck. Oh, um, look, man. What I will say, uh. I love doing this podcast more than anything in the world. Other than my fucking family. (laughs) But you are my family too. But our extended family with the podcast, sometimes y'all gonna have to wait for some shit. Look, I know y'all make routines around listening. But baby, the week both of us had it wasn't no way that podcast was going to come out on Friday. Maybe I've been having some weeks here for 
a while now. Right. It's like I told my brother, I was like, I was already struggling before this week, my guy. Hmm. This week didn't help the situation at all. But I just I just feel like life keep on piling it on. Yeah. I think that's I'm a, a, that's exactly why I'm so hungry for a vacation right now. Yeah. Like I'm taking a couple days off um next week. Uh first part of the week. And I had originally made other plans, but plans changed because of other circumstances. So I'm not gonna be able to have the chill as couple of days that I was planning. But I mean, I don't know, man. All yeah, this shit. You still gotta find some time for yourself. Oh, I am. It's just I'm gonna have to check with uh just make sure everybody's alright. Yeah. Days. I don't fucking know. Rihanna getting cheated on too. <laughs> I always saw that from that one Twitter page. So I don't know. I'm holding out. It's everywhere now. Yeah, but I don't that one page I had never heard of at all. They had like twelve thousand followers by the time I looked at the tweet. But I don't I don't know. It was on it was on the shade room. I like I don't know. I, not, I am an ASAP fan. <laughs> but, I hope it's not true because that would be fucking terrible. Yeah, that's terrible if it is, like if it was true. I just don't know. Everybody's reaction is all like, he cheated on Rihanna, Rihanna. And I'm just like, aside from her being Rihanna, she's pregnant. But like, she looked good pregnant. Not just. Her being Rihanna, but she is a pregnant woman. Like any nigga that cheats is obviously just that's just But that up. is a real betrayal. Treating on somebody that you got pregnant, it never matters, like, you know, how attractive you are, blah blah blah. If All these man, bitches get cheated on. If a man isn't getting what he needs or being taken care of properly, blah blah blah. And I'm just like, no. I got to stop reading the comments. I, that's what I realized. These niggas don't be having women in real life. They be, that's why, or if they do, they make this whole fan fiction profile where they're the alpha male because they, yeah. they ain't running shit in their lives. So they say the dumbest bullshit just to get outraged because that's the at least... You having me in a tizzy. Hold on, I'm going to see if I can find exactly what he said because I was just like... It ain't no way. Ain't no way. Ain't. Yeah, somebody said the original tweet said, "Forget the fact that she's Rihanna cheating on a woman pregnant with your kid is insane." And then Beauty, fame, and pregnancy does not make you immune to being cheated on. It's about being the person that your partner can rely on emotionally, supportively, and sexually. <sighs> rely on supportively? Like, first of all, that's what rely on means. <laughs> dumbass. Dumb. 
Um, it's about the person that your partner can rely on emotionally, supportively, and sexually. If one of those is missing, you're vulnerable to being cheated on, male or female. That's that Twitter logic bullshit. Get deliver me, nigga. Deliver me. That Twitter logic got niggas fucked up. That's that uh I watch Kevin Samuels every day while I eat my TV dinner philosophy. <laughs> and somebody said cheating is insane in general, disgusting. And then some other nigga commented under that and said monogamy is more insane. I really want people to quit trying to push their views on relationships and monogamy on everybody else, making everybody else feel crazy how they want to feel. If you are polyamorous, that's on you. But stop trying to make other people feel crazy because they want to be committed to one person. Especially after, like, let's not act like Western civilization hasn't been a monogamous thing for, like... Legally, you can't recognize multi uh polygamy, so the government doesn't recognize those. Which, despite what these uh niggas that dropped out of tenth grade will tell you, that I don't need the government in my ma- all right. Well, when somebody is sick, <laughs> when somebody die, you need the government in your shit. You gotta have a will or some shit. We gotta quit acting like. Because we were we're from, like especially when they do the thing where they act like all African nations and all African civilizations were uh, polyamorous or had multiple wives and all this stuff. No, not all of them were. Not all of them were patriarchal either. A lot of them were matriarchal, but they don't ever want to tell you that shit from their self-published books. They want to tell you about Doctor Jakob. Now it's now it's all over Twitter and like I just seen another tweet. Rihanna and ASAP have supposedly split up. Apparently Rihanna broke up with him after she caught him cheating with Fenty Footwear designer Amina Mwadi. That's what I saw a couple times. Um and all this shit ain't from no sources. Yeah, everything still says apparently. <laughs> And then I hate, like, I hate when people be like, oh, he cheated on her with her. But can y'all really be surprised, though? Because it's just like, that's what I want people to understand. Anybody can get cheated on. Anybody can get cheated on. Anybody can get hurt. And typically, when people do cheat, or when niggas cheat, especially, it ain't never with anybody that you would think one man one man in my family once said you can never cheat on your wife with somebody that looks better as in it's impossible or no you, you should just never do that you have to who you cheat on that way that woman could be like you cheated on me with this nigga <laughs> i mean with this bitch statistically i have seen that the people hey the cheat it ain't never a step up. Like, the only uh, step up I could think of is in, uh, I used to watch this movie all the time. Uh, He's Not That Into You. Mm. Where I don't think I've seen that one all the way through. Uh, Bradley Cooper is married to, what's her name? Jennifer Connelly, mm-hmm. who we left off of the fine white woman list that we recorded the last time. 
and he was cheating on her with Scarlett Johansson. That shit ain't realistic. Well. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. He, uh, yeah. Uh, he ain't gonna cheat with no Scarlett Johansson. That's exactly, but that's what I've been trying to explain to people for the longest, like, <clears throat> especially when I'm just talking to people about a relationship in general. First thing people love to be like is, you single? How are you single? Like, I, number one, I hate that question. Like, Right. If if looks could absolve me from pain, I wouldn't be who I am today. <laughs> Started from the bottom, now we're here. <laughs> I wouldn't be who I am today. Like, I just want y'all to understand that there is no amount of beauty or anything else that could keep a nigga from doing you dirty. Right. It don't matter if you got a bag of body. It don't matter if you suck dick the best. It don't matter if you have a pussy that if you threw it up in the air, they would call it sunshine. All people can get cheated on. Pretty privilege might work in some areas, but... And then also... Never 100% in relationships. Let's have a brief aside about this. Uh... The whole idea of being out of your league. Kind of bullshit. Yeah. I have seen ugly people with pretty people, and I have seen pretty people. I was going to say, women are are known for choosing ugly niggas. Women will take pride in choosing ugly niggas. Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson. Which, unfortunately, weird looking nigga to me. I'm sorry. I don't care what y'all think, but I think that nigga look weird. Unfortunately, allegedly, he is well in doubt. And the only reason I know that is because Ariana Grande. Yeah, I've seen all that. The funniest thing ever said about Pete Davis is when they say it looks like he eats uh, eggs. <laughs> I haven't seen that. It looks like he's one of those animals that eats another animal's eggs. (laughs) (laughs) Which is so insane, but I know exactly what they're talking about. He's just a weird looking, like his pigmentation is weird. That's a Weasley looking motherfucker. He always looks sick in the eyes because isn't he like some part black somewhere? Uh Uh-uh. They did that. Uh, that te- Everybody always jokes. He look. If you told me that he was an octoroon, I believe you. Mm-hmm. He's like, I see it. He might got some black secretly in him because I'm like, ever since he was first coming up, I was like, I don't know. He might be part of my distant cousins. He looked like some of my distant cousins. He just has like very interesting features like i said like he has this darkness hyperpigmentation around his eyes to me that always makes him look sick especially when he starts dyeing his hair blonde he does have chrome's disease also well damn now i feel like an asshole <laughs> this weird looking sick ass nigga what the fuck is going on with his fucking well, I mean- skin <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was just from him fucking being a Hollywood nigga, partying and drinking and doing drugs and shit. Nah, he's had sicknesses. But, you know what? 
I get that. Like women like funny niggas. Yeah, that's true. That's women true. especially love ugly looking funny niggas. Yeah. Women take pride in liking ugly niggas, which is something that a nigga would never fucking say. Oh yeah, you know I like ugly bitches. I have never heard one nigga say that shit. <laughs> Even when they're with an ugly woman. Uh, Only a woman typically I feel like we say that because for one, we realize that some of these niggas be treating us better than the better looking niggas. Yeah. I have also heard that an ugly nigga will cheat on you, just like when the uh, when the women be like, "Don't be trusting these fat niggas; they will cheat on you just as well." <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think it's like a like a set rule book of who won't play you because anybody can play you. That's the that's the sad reality of dating. Anybody can play you. Anybody can get played. You could be with somebody for thirty, forty years. And they start playing games. It's you just know how many TikToks I've seen of women that have been like, I was married to this man for 20 years and caught him cheating on me with a 27 year old receptionist or just be like, damn. But then also, I be fighting my own misogynistic ways. I be like, where is like the line? I be like, well, what did she do? <laughs> Yeah, they can't. They can't all be uh, like yeah. They can't all just had this shit figured out and then they just been wrong. Some of these bitches got to be wrong too. Just like that woman, uh, the video with the woman saying that uh, she tried to give that man an ultimatum. Oh my god! (laughs) Where she She fucking played herself out of an entire. Three-year relationship. She said she gave a man an ultimatum and told him that if he didn't marry her in three months, she was moving to Las Vegas. The other nutty part of the fucking story is she said that she didn't even know nobody in Las Vegas. She just said it. She just said some shit and started legitimately packing up her car. And then as time went on, he was helping her. And then he he went the day before to help her pack the car, and she broke down crying. And then I guess she thought that was going to be her last ditch effort for him to decide to marry her. And he didn't. I've never really understood that, honestly. Like, I just, I just, I'm not going to pressure nobody to, to do something like that. Like, I feel like if you are ready, you will let me know. If you ever got to give somebody a relationship ultimatum, that means that y'all are not on the same page. And then at the end of the but day, don't that dream to be like, oh, I'm moving to Vegas. Like, bitch, why did you say that? <laughs> why can't you just say the relationship going to be over because you want more? Like, to, to say you're moving to Vegas, now you got to watch this nigga help you pack your fucking shoes and shit up. <laughs> like, she packing what? up her old feelings. That's a wild mm-hmm. shit. Now you crying. Cause you didn't, you didn't roach yourself into your own breakup. Hey, like, that is crazy. That's showing that she just nutty. That's crazy. No, that's showing that she probably, she didn't been out here following some of this internet bullshit. 
She done seen too many of these motherfucking dating shows thinking but, that she could wheel a nigga into. But like I said, nutty. Because to say you gonna move to a place that you ain't even thinking about moving because you hope a nigga will be like, don't leave me. Like, I didn't even see nobody even try to like, like usually on the internet, people be trying to play that, uh, like the other side of it and be like, well, I see what she was talking. No, nobody did that shit on this. It's like, no, he did the exact right thing you're supposed to do when somebody tries to manipulate you in a situation. That shit is wild. Cause, and then too, what if he did agree with it and he was like, okay. And then next month he got her an engagement ring. Would you really feel secure in knowing that that nigga wanted to be with you after that? Or would you always be wondering if he only did it because you told him to? Exactly. People don't be thinking, this bitch moved to fucking Vegas. And then she went through with the move. Oh, she did move to Vegas. Yeah, which, look, low-key, kind of go respect her for following through on her threat. It was stupid. But she followed through. Now, she did have another video where she was saying, yeah, she moved to Vegas. Her life was lit. And it was a lot of uh, business-wise. She learned a lot. She's still in communication with the guy. And uh, they're friends. And she loves him. And she realizes she was wrong trying to force him to make a decision and all this. I'm like, okay. At least she admitted. Right. (laughs) She was a grown woman enough to be like, I went about this all the way wrong, and he wasn't wrong. So I respect that shit. We all do stupid shit for love. I well, so did she get her nigga back, or are they just friends now because she live in Vegas? <laughs> I think she actually moved back, and they're still cool. Yeah, but they not in a relationship. I... I don't know. I couldn't. She kind of didn't leave it like to where she wasn't talking to him, but she kind of left it to where I don't know. Mm. They might still be in a relationship. It's just, would you ever change your position on marriage with somebody? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. It really, it really depends on where we are in the relationship. Like, if we didn't already been in it for years and years, fuck it. If we, if we could be happy being in a relationship together, okay, cool. But if it's like a, we've been together for a year and a half, you need to start thinking. And if you're not ready, then I'm gonna leave. Like, if you really want to be with somebody, I don't know. I don't know. I can't. I don't. I hate to speak <laughs> on something that I'm not experiencing because you never know what can happen. I can say one thing now and then be in a completely different situation in a whole different mindset. Yeah. Like I would like to be married, but I feel like the older I get, Like if I'm if I'm like in my forties and I'm in a serious relationship with somebody for three, four, or five years, and it just goes on as that, that's fine. I know plenty of people. <laughs> we know plenty of people who done just been together forever. Yeah, I'll be honest. I 
like I, I usually try to like hold back and be like, well, I won't ever do something. If you whip me for a couple years and you want to marry me, I, we can't. Yeah. But that's just me. That's just me personally because I feel like, nah, fuck that. Like, <laughs> but, but see, I also feel like that's something that should be talked about. Like, oh, yeah, that's got to be an early on conversation. Pretty early on. Like, you need to know. And you got to respect. That's oh one of those ones, like, uh, if somebody wants to have kids or doesn't want to have kids, don't mm-hmm. hang around hoping that they're going to change their mind. Mm-hmm. I know people that have done that and their marriages have ended because of that. You can't do that. Like, mm-hmm. if she says she don't want kids, she the one that's going to bring them in the world. True. Um, if somebody says they don't believe in marriage, ain't for me, dog. We can kick it. We can hang. But just know, it ain't going to end. It's it's not going to end in the way I feel like I'm not going to put my energy in it. Especially if we've been dating for like two years. I feel like if you've been dating two, three years and y'all ain't talked about marriage and shit, yeah, quit wasting my time. How serious is it really? One of my... uh followers um i don't know if she listens there hope she does uh her name is Ayana. she met somebody a year ago and she got engaged to him uh a couple like a couple days ago and she went viral where people and then people were like a year ain't long enough i mean to people who know what they want right like if which she seems like she's very happy because she was talking about uh, she thought she was going to get engaged in a couple weeks. And yeah, like she seems happy. Like, I don't know. I I necessarily don't believe in like stuff like love at first sight. But I do feel like when you know, you know. Yeah. I haven't felt when that you, feeling yet. When you go into a situation already on the same page with somebody, it can really make that whole process go way faster. Yeah. And it's a lot of people, especially the older that we get, like I've seen on Hinge, like one nigga had in his bio, like don't be afraid if things move quickly. Like some people just know that they ready for certain shit. Yeah. And then some of us, Think we're ready for certain shit, and we're not. Me, this guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I mean, the thing about all of this is, it's all a risk. It is all a risk. This is true. You, you just got you either willing to take the risk or you're not. Like to quote, there's no way around it. To quote the late great philosopher Amy Winehouse, "Love is a losing game." Yeah. God, I'm going to listen to Back in Black tonight. I love Amy Whitehouse. It really is. I just, my friend was telling me this story about this dude who she was with, or one of her friends was with a dude for like five years. They finally got engaged. Like they had had a kid and everything, or they were about to have a kid. I think she had just gotten pregnant. They had just got married. And her dude completely like turned into a different person. Basically, like 
having completely different expectations of her because she was now a wife. Like he didn't believe that he was supposed to be doing laundry or dishes or any of that because she was the wife. Like things that he never portrayed to her before they got married. People be switching up, man. That's the scary part of all this shit. Somebody switch up on your ass. Mm-hmm. And I get it. It's all a risk. So you just you just either gotta be ready for the risk or not. So a couple, I believe it was Tuesday night. Drewski internet comedian put up a video and the uh comments started getting loud and crazy and it was a video about like a lot of his videos are about like lame ass niggas and stuff that lame niggas do especially around women like he had that video of the guy that always be being super physical, trying to beat up people in front of girls. I hate that shit. That shit is so fucking annoying. And that shit real as fuck. He had an, another one of, you know, just different lame nigga situations. Like the niggas that be hating in front of other girls and stuff like that. This one dealt about the nigga that's trying to get women overly drunk to take advantage of the situation. Mm-hmm. Now, when he put it up, I can't remember the caption was like, lame niggas be like, or something. And in the video, he uh, shows like this, the things that creepy ass niggas do around women, especially when they're drinking. Mm-hmm. Hoping that they're going to, uh, we'll, we'll go with the high road for this. Hoping that they will get drunk and loose. We'll say that. And that's still creepy as fuck. If any young niggas are listening especially. That shit is creepy enough. Because that adds to uh, R-P-E culture. Mm-hmm. Because that is, the, that is. That's not even the top. Like where it's like. I guess in order of least egregious. That's about in that mid. Like, if you think of it as a pyramid, that's not that top, but that's that second tier. Mm-hmm. We, like, depending on what the fuck these weird niggas be doing, can go into some very dark, even darker ways. So, I didn't see the original comments, but uh, from everything I saw, there were some people that were laughing, and then there were some people who were tagging their friends that it reminded them of. Yeah, that's fucking weird. That's suspicious, to, to quote Cardi B. And they just telling on themselves not even knowing it. Right. And then it was also women who were triggered by that situation because of past experiences in their life. Well, Drewski ended up taking the video down, but to quote the late, well, not, not even late. To quote the great movie, The Social Network, the internet is written in ink. Mm-hmm. So we all saw the video. 
So I kept seeing people like, oh, Drew, people going to be mad at Drewski now. People going to be mad at Drewski now. And I finally saw the video and I was like, oh, so he called out you weird ass niggas. Yeah, I was very confused on the backlash. I was just like, he's not putting this video out as a depiction of who he is. Like, don't we all know Drewski is a comedian who does internet skits the same way that Desi Banks does? And you know what I'm saying? Does it better than them? (laughs) For sure. Like, probably one of the best, like, internet skit orchestrator. But I'm just like, he's not saying that this is who he is like he this is a character that he's playing just like he always does like why is everybody so upset like i'm i'm still very confused <laughs> i think like, why did, why did people take this one as him portraying himself out of all of the videos he's done in all fairness i haven't seen anybody actually say that Nobody has said that, but that's what I'm thinking that's, that people are upset about. I think that's because we're used to that, and that's what people have been tweeting. And be like, I don't get why he upset people. I don't get why he upset people. I think it's more so that he took it down. So people read that a different way by being like, if you take it down, it means you're ashamed. Not necessarily. Sometimes you just take stuff down because it got too much heat. Mm-hmm. But from all all the women I followed, not saying all women, of course, most women have just been like, oh, he's calling you lame-ass, weird-ass, rapey-ass niggas out. Which he did. It was as a man who was trying to atone for the sins of my youth. That shit was wild to see because I have seen so many weird motherfuckers do that shit. So I was like, okay, yeah, that was pinpoint. He didn't over-exaggerate. He didn't do none of that shit. That's how niggas be. And men have to be a better... uh, We can't just be like, you scaring the hoes. Now, this is going to sound ridiculous. It's going to sound real ridiculous, but listen. Like, everybody just listen with me for a second. (laughs) The whole idea of you scaring the hoes does play a part in fighting misogyny. Mm. It's the introduction that a lot of us savage-ass niggas have to being like, oh, women don't like this. (laughs) If you ever have to be afraid of scaring the hoes, you a lame nigga. <laughs> As a lame nigga. Once upon a time. People, hey, sometimes people need to be shamed. I saw somebody uh, put that on Twitter. I was like, you know what? That is fucking right. Sometimes some of these lame niggas need to be shamed. Especially yeah. at a younger age. Mm-hmm. Like, bro, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Ignorant ass nigga. We have all seen that. Especially those of us that have gone to college. Or even been in any type of college environment. Anywhere where alcohol has been introduced. Right. Um, 
I have been that girl. I mean, a lot of a lot of us have been that girl. So that's why, like, I don't know that that might be why this one stepped on a lot of toes because it was very relatable to a lot of people. Sadly, yeah. But yeah, just watching it and then yeah, like niggas really be hyping that shit up with their friends too. Yeah. Like, oh, she's gonna be lit. Like she's gonna be. She's gonna be a go-liver. Sick, bro. I just, yeah, I just, I can't understand why anybody would be upset of him making doing that skit though. Like I, I'm, I just feel like the people who are upset have to be confused. <laughs> the only other uh, people that I saw against him were saying. The only knock against it was that he, like in the caption of it, he put like crying face, crying face. And they were like, so if you really try to teach these niggas not to be fucking rapey and or rapist, you wouldn't put a crying face into it. And I was like, I don't know. He's a comedian. Spoonful of sugar make medicine go down. I think another thing about this one too is this one wasn't um specifically funny. No, it was like very This one was more like it was actually kind of dark. It was very dark. That was the thing about it. That and then that's what some other people's some people on my timeline said, people that they have a pretty good sense of like humor and stuff. They were like for him to go dark Everybody like his audience is so broad. Everybody ain't gonna be with it. Mm-hmm. So, but I didn't see anybody being like we're canceling Jerusky or anything like that. I just saw people where they were just like, you know, it is what it is. I'm glad he made it. Like niggas need to see how lame they be. Yeah, you need to shame people. Some people said. Like, I, I really wonder how many niggas saw that shit and was just like, damn, is this what I be looking like? Like, do I be this extreme? I really hope niggas saw it and had that reaction. I replayed a lot of moments in my head and wondered how complicit I was with certain shit. I'm speaking of for us to unlearn our uh, misogyny and things. We have to be able to admit the things that we did that weren't egregious acts of violence, of course. Mm-hmm. But the things that we did that could that added to rape culture. Mm-hmm. And I might bleep the R word out because I'm not trying to trigger anybody. Yeah. But I, I'm just being honest about that part of it. While we're here, and we can come back to something different, how do you feel about that Tachina Arnold tweet where she said, uh, let me pull it up. <laughs> I know the tweet, but yeah, definitely read that shit verbatim. Yeah, because Auntie, I respect Auntie. <laughs> <laughs> and 
I think she is gorgeous, and I think she actually was asking this from an honest place where it wasn't clickbait or anything else. Um, Tachina Arnold, famous for Martin and Everybody Hates Chris, asked on Twitter, honest question, what can we as black women in America do to stop aiding in the emasculization of black men in America? Now, when our good auntie put that up, all hell broke loose on Twitter. All hell broke loose. It did not give what she thought it was going to give. And I feel sorry for because because by asking a question like that, you clearly ain't out here in these Twitter streets every day. I was going to say, especially asking Twitter, because girl, Twitter is known for eating the girls up. Especially. Especially because our good auntie is black famous. She's not even black famous. She's a black icon. True. But white people ain't going to be in these comments. <laughs> so she was talking specifically to black women where she had black women Twitter in her palms. Because she is the good auntie. She is our favorite. Aunt- she one of our favorite aunties. And she asked that question and it triggered black woke women Twitter. It triggered hotel uh homophobic Twitter. <laughs> it it was wild out here. It triggered a lot of Twitter. Hey, black Twitter was in a frenzy. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no way around it. Yeah. I don't I wonder if she really knew. She <laughs> She didn't know, and that's what she was doing in that moment. Now, I'm glad I didn't see a lot of overly disrespectful tweets towards her mm-hmm. because that was an honest question, she was really wanting to know. But the idea that, <laughs> bro, the idea of talking about black male emasculization is a wild thing, especially under woke days of Twitter. So I'm going to ask you, my sister, uh, do you think that, well, how, I'm going to ask you the exact same question. How can women make sure that they don't, wait, let me pull it back up so I don't, <laughs> look, I don't want no smoke. What can, what can you as black women in America do to stop aiding in the emasculization of black men in America? I might have to use that clip. <laughs> um, see, this is the thing. This is the thing. We talk so much about how black women are like the foundation to everybody's support groups. Like black women are the women that be out here fighting for everybody. Right. So it's very hard to ask black women what more can they do when we're already doing so much. We are already stretching ourselves as thin as possible. The the amount of black women that are single mothers is sad right now. So it's like imagine asking this 
to a group of black single mothers specifically, they would be enraged because here you are with these women who are out here playing both roles. You know what I'm saying? Have probably dealt with situations with black men that weren't that great that have probably put up with so much (laughs) from black men. And it's just like, we be out here fighting for people. We be out here organizing these protests, organizing these fundraisers. We out here caring for people, taking kids in, taking care of kids on our own. Like black women have had to step up to the plate and do more for themselves than they ever have in the history of black womanhood (laughs) because we are at a point where we are meeting fewer men who can give us what we need protection wise, emotionally, financially, physically. So to ask us now, while we're at this very like vulnerable state of trying to find places where we can sit in our femininity, because I've been seeing a lot of these, these videos too, like a woman cannot fully operate in her femininity when she's always having to be strong and do all of this shit for herself. That's where we are right now. So many women that's having to do so much on their own while still fighting for everybody else. What, what, what more can we do for black men to uplift them really should be the question. And the answer is, I don't know to that either, because we're doing so much already. What I will say is, she didn't ask for black women to do more. She said, "What can they do to aid? What can we do to yeah? What can we do to end it? That's what I'm saying. Not, like, a, not end it. Aid. Aid in emasculating. Aid in or in stopping the emasculation. To stop to stop aiding in the emasculation. That's what I'm saying. Is like we already do so much, but I think. Yeah. To stop aiding in the emasculation is meaning what can women do that adds to that emasculation that black men feels. Now, I won't go where some people would be like just saying like talking especially about uh you see this usually this is and this is what triggered a lot of people. You see this usually when people talk about members of the LGBTQ community or people who like on Twitter, you'll see like people talk about masculization and they'll show like a picture of a black man in a dress or some shit. I'm not talking about any of that shit, mm-hmm. but there is a level of emasculization that does happen in America. I think naturally right now that goes back into what I was saying. Like women are getting to a point where we don't need men as much financially. So I can see where some women are saying that, you know, saying things like what good is a man for right now? Because I can, I can do this for myself. But that's adding to the emasculization of men. I know that's what I'm saying. 
Like I can see that happening because of where we're at financially on the educational level. You know what I'm saying? Like, because now we are, we have more opportunities. There are more women that are able to do a lot more for themselves nowadays. So I can see where there are more women who are like, what do I need a man for? What can we do to stop that? That's, but that's not what I'm talking about. Like we got to quit looking at it. as just like who men provide for and things we're talking about. Like, like, okay. I hate to do this, but in slavery, the idea of making a man to be just a buck for sexual uh, recreation of other um, livestock, which is what black people are looked at, like chattel. Mm. The emasculization of black men also plays into the idea that of stripping black men of any human-like traits. Right. So when you got people to just treat men like we just dicks with bodies attached to it, that's adding to the emasculization of black men. I don't I I personally don't see that coming from black women as much as I see it from other races of women. Really? You've never seen like women just talk about, yeah, I just need dick. I don't need no man. Yeah, I've seen that, but I'm saying like as far as talking specifically about black men, black men. I've yeah, black women do that all the time. Like, I'm not saying that sure we. Happens. I'm just saying, like, I feel like I see more of that. I need, you know, black dick. I think that's yeah. one of those things to where, because of who we are, we don't recognize the pain on other people. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's a level of dehumanization which also happens it happens more prevalently with women black women where you have things like ungendering where you make black women to not be women but they are black meaning they can have more pain they can tolerate more pain or you can treat them more violently than you would a white woman Mm-hmm. Or an Asian woman, or any of the other women that within the social hierarchy of race, their womanhood would be at the forefront. Black women do not experience that privilege. But I think the idea that, like, it's just even the way that people talk about, like, black boys. There's a level of it that is very dismissive of them being young black men who will grow up in a world that doesn't like men, like black men. Mm There is a level of stripping away all of our uh, wants, needs, and things that we desire as humans to just be like, well, niggas just want pussy. Those savage ass niggers just want fucking pussy. It's the same shit that white people say about us that black people say all the time. Mm-hmm. They're just criminals. They cheat. They do all this stuff. They're not loyal. They're not smart. They're just stupid and they do all this shit. It's internalized racism. 
but I get the people that are triggered by her asking how can black women uh, aid in stopping it. I think the emasculation that is happening at the hands of black women is more than likely happening from black women who have personally been hurt by black men numerous times. So for them, it's more personal. Um, yeah, but so in order for that to stop happening, those type of people just have to heal. Yeah, but we ain't even getting to that point because we can't even say that without like people just be like, I mean, I don't know. I just that's one of those discussions that you can't actually have on Twitter. Yeah, because people just get in their feelings. And they can't separate it. Just be like, mm-hmm. oh, so you're telling women that they need to, according with doing all the emotional labor that they do with their partners, especially in uh, cishet relationships, that they should do more. Like, no, they're not saying that. And then it's the other side of being like, so you tell me that you don't see the emasculation of black men by men wearing dresses and other things, my sister. Ain't like, no, we're not saying that either. What we're saying is the stripping away of, and I'm not even saying this is what uh, Auntie was saying, but to me, the, how I read it as the stripping away of men of their masculinity, which you can argue you can't take away a man's masculinity, but when our masculinity has only been defined by what we can do with our dick or what we can do with our bodies, you can. But I just think that that part comes from, once again, women women being able to provide for themselves in every other way. That's that's why that that might be happening that way. But even down to the whole idea of men just being providers, that's also stripping away of our humanity. We have other desires just to feel needed. We want success. We want love. We want reciprocity. You know, reciprocity. Yes. Whew. Whew. I felt like Porky the Pig. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so like it's things that we want and on our the things that we actually need that are often just looked at sideways. It's just like when people be like, oh, I, like when we joked about a couple of weeks ago where that girl was like, oh, I love a giving man. If he's a giver, guess what I'm going to give him? And then the nigga's like, let me guess pussy. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, I get that. Like, I understand that. I'm I'm just saying, like, where I think it's coming from is that, like, hurt people hurt people. Bottom line. And I feel like the any emasculation that is happening at the hands of black women is happening because black women have been hurt. But that's not right. No, it's not. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying I always hear people say that at the end, be like, and that's not right. Like, it's not right, bro. It's, it's not. But a lot of people be getting in their bags, especially on Twitter and shit, which is why that is not the place to have that conversation. Yeah. About 
it's not all feminists are this, but there is a level of that I do believe it's a small sliver of feminists that really hate men. Yeah, there's there's definitely uh toxic feminism out here. There are misandrists out here. And look, I look I get it from like a certain standpoint, just me being a man and just seeing how men treat situations and everything else. I get why you would hate men. I'm not telling you you shouldn't hate men. But we got to start looking at them and checking their biases. Mm-hmm. Like, look, I don't think you the expert of a successful relationship with men where you clearly have said, like, someone would be like, I hate men. Look, I get you, sis. But I just don't think people should just be able to just listen to you without asking you a, a certain amount of questions without being called an incel or, si- or shit. Yeah. Um <laughs> Toxic juice is back. <laughs> I don't know. I just I feel like that that is not a one answer solution. Um Once again, I just feel like there's too many black women out here that's fighting for black men for for us to to portray that there's more emasculation than protection. I'm going to agree with you. I don't think that it's a large segment of emasculization going on, but I do think it exists. No, I, for sure. It does. And I, and I feel like just because I was a young boy who grew up into a black man, there's certain things I've noticed, but then there's also other things that I noticed. And I'm not being, I'm not playing devil's advocate or anything for the people that think that I'm like hedging my bets or moving the goalposts. We have talked about how I feel like there's a level of coddling that goes on with black men. Mm -hmm. So I also understand that the women who understand that coddling that happens, to be like, so we got to hold these niggas' hands even more? I feel you. But it's just like... Both things can be true. I think in a lot of single-family homes... There's a coddling of black boys that doesn't help them become good black men. Mm-hmm. And I'm I, I'm not I'm not talking about families that are co-parenting together. I'm talking about like strictly families that don't have a male presence in the home, where he's the young king. Mm-hmm. No, nah, he's a baby. Yeah, you had him. He didn't have you. You got to protect that baby. Mm-hmm. But you also have to let him become the man he needs to be, especially for whatever partner he has in adulthood. He needs to be a complete whole person. And he needs to understand the things that were expected of him as being a man. Mm-hmm. And not even saying that all, 
I do believe in gender roles, though. I'll say that shit. Y'all niggas ain't gonna cancel me. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I believe in gender roles. Do I live up to all the gender roles that I was raised to believe I should do? No, I do not. But I do not feel that I am less of a man because I can't do all of those things. Mm-hmm. And nor so, nor will I feel like whatever woman I end up with is less of a woman if she can't do any of the checklist bullshit that I was raised to believe that a woman does. Right. If it works for us, it works for us. But I, just, I seen a TikTok today that was this nigga's just like if all women that can cook just just automatically deserve to go to heaven, and I'm just like, oh my god. Why are we still stuck on that dumbass bullshit? Right. Now, I will say, if I marry a woman that can cook. Because I can't cook. <laughs> I can't. I could probably cook. I just don't. I just I just want all of us, men and women, to bring to the table what we asking for. That's it. I cook like a man. I cook like meat shit and <laughs> eat sandwiches and stuff like that I ain't doing no fucking meals and shit that's women shit now just <laughs> you're funny your faces are fucking hilarious. I, I'll just be thinking about deeper shit. <laughs> um, speaking of deeper shit, let's go. I feel like we're getting in our rhythm. Um, hey, I've been making more detailed notes. I'm gonna send you like I start mapping out shit, like with articles and shit. I wasn't gonna spring that on you now because you know, like, I need time for you to. I'd be in juice mode, be like, oh, look at this article. Look at this article, Kim. Did you get to watch that hour and a half documentary about? <laughs> no. The answer is no. Um, so while we talk about toxic niggas, uh, Clifford T.I. Harris, hmm. also known in the street as Tip or as rapper T.I., or the rubber band man, wild as a Taliban, nine in his right, 45 in his other hand. Has this became a whole comedian. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> like, what possessed you to do stand up of all the things? T.I. is in that special level of black uncle, black uh, media uncle. To where mm-hmm. he's just he completed he all the seen and heard. He completed all the tasks at GTA. He just out here doing games, little mini yeah. games. Yeah. He's like Literally. like Tip. I mean, Tip is just like Snoop out here just doing all his shit with Martha Stewart. E forty becoming a uh, a wine brand owner. Starting like little side, just started up a bunch of little shit. Right. Oh, he got ice cream too, and like, yeah, I feel like he got some other kitchen stuff. Or the niggas from the locks that started that juice and uh business in Bronx, and now they have multiple locations. Like they just in the 
I've completed everything I thought I could. Now I'm just going to do the shit I never thought I would. T.I. Just out here doing shit. T.I. then started a podcast a couple months ago, which that's what we used to think was a wordy ass nigga. So he was out here saying his expeditiously's and all his <laughs> uh four syllable words that he clearly don't know how to read outside of the direct context that he does. And one of the things he's added is being a stand-up comedian. I just want to know who okayed this. Like, who was just like, yeah, go for it. Allegedly. Or, Or did he even care? That's part of it, because like, I've talked about this on this podcast. I've thought about becoming a stand-up comedian or at least trying it. So I've done tons of studying and all the other shit about stand-up comedy. And that shit is scary. But there's a way you're supposed to start at stand-up comedy. You're supposed to start at the bottom. Work little bullshit rooms until you feel comfortable and you work up a set and you move up up the league. That's how you do it. It ain't built for everybody, but if you love it and you work at it, you're supposed to be able to move up eventually. Mm-hmm. You ain't going to make no money for a long time, but that's the grind. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Clifford Harris has already survived the grind in every other part of his life to where he feel like he ain't going to. He could just do whatever. He ain't got to do the shit that all these other comedians do. So the first time I heard about T.I. doing stand-up was a couple weeks ago when Godfrey, on his podcast, was explaining that he had been a headliner in Atlanta. And at the end, the guy was like, man, I I hate to do this, but I got to put T.I. on after you. And he was like, T.I., what, is he going to rap? Sure, whatever. He's like, no, he's doing stand-up. And Godfrey was like, oh, okay. And he's like, well, I'm not going to watch it because you're a new stand-up and I'm a headliner. Apparently, they got T.I. in his fucking feelings. Everything gets T.I. in his feelings because he old nigga now. Yeah, old sensitive-ass nigga. Because he old and he ain't getting praised for anything because, for one, I mean, he ain't out here putting out anything to get praised for. You're not doing music no more for real. You don't have your TV show no more, like, Right. What have you done for me lately? So now you're just looking for accolades, however you can get them. We don't give participation trophies out, homie. Mm-mm. So apparently, Godfrey has said that on uh, his podcast, and Tip, of course, got mad, and so they had to have a little conversation. Godfrey has a podcast. Uh huh. Like, yeah. I love Godfrey. He has his own little podcast uh, network. But he was on the Breakfast Club also this past couple of days. Um, I've seen he was on uh, the eighty five South Show too. I want to say a week or two ago. Ooh, I need to watch that one. That'll be fun. Um, so Ti um also had apparently been doing all these shows that it's no way a upcoming comedian should do, especially a, a open micer. Which that's the level that T.I.'s at. We don't know that nigga for being funny like that. 
Mm-hmm. We know him as being an entertaining ass light skinned nigga. <laughs> I'm a colorist. I need to stop that. T.I. ain't entertain me outside of his music. When he first. I tuned into his show, but. When he first started acting, he was good. Also, I don't know what it is, but ATL is amazing book, like amazing, like film. So maybe I just overrank everything because, like, man, that's Ti's first real thing. It is. It is a black staple. We can't downplay that. That movie is shot so beautifully, also. But anyway, um, we get on my nerdum. So Ti has been uh. You know, doing his little open mics, but then also doing things that he shouldn't have been doing as a young comedian. Like he was at Shaq's All Star comedy show, which, if you don't know, that is a huge thing, especially in black comedy. You may have heard of that time that Jamie Foxx embarrassed, what's his name? Joe something. Don't ask me. But it's. No, it's. <laughs> Sorry, naming out a bunch of Joes. No, it's uh. Okay, was he a comedian too? Yeah, um, it's a famous clip where he's like, "I'm your conscience." Oh, Doug Williams, the comedian. I'm. I'm gonna put it up. Ooh, you said Joe. I was like Joe. I knew it was some. I can't think of no Joes, honey. Am I fucking up right now? <laughs> I'm your conscience. I really don't need to be up here right now. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. <laughs> you brother, stop making money and you can't tell him shit. Mm. I'm your conscience. All right. <laughs> I wish I was in a movie with Jamie. <laughs> Maybe right about 48 that. hours. You are right about that. 72 hours. <laughs> in, fact, <laughs> no, in fact, nigga, I need a co-signer. Can you co-sign on the car for me? I just did another joke that didn't go over. <laughs> I'm your conscience. <laughs> Maybe I should say something nice about Emmett and wrap it up. <laughs> or maybe I should talk about how black people have to struggle. Yeah, that'll get them. <laughs> Thank you very much, Jamie Foxx. Thank you. I, I needed to help. I appreciate it. I'm not Jamie Foxx. I'm your conscience. <laughs> <laughs> so, after that, Doug uh, Williams' career was never the same. I can imagine. So, he was the new guy up there. So, T.I. should not be able to be a headliner. Mm-mm. At Shaq's comedy uh, stand-up. No, you haven't had enough skin in the game. You don't know what the fuck you're doing. You literally are still winging it. And so, uh, I can't, I don't know if this was Shaq's thing or not, but they were in Barclays Arena in Brooklyn, which is one of the biggest uh, indoor stadiums in the world, especially in America. And he was performing and was getting booed. He was bombing. It's weird that 
T.I. would even feel like he could do comedy because, I mean, we have laughed at T.I. and the way he uses his big words and just like some of his commentary or whatever on his show or whatnot. But we have never known T.I. to be a funny nigga or a jokester. Like being able to tell jokes is a skill that you have to practice. Yeah. You got to have the content. You got to have the delivery. Timing. All of that. You got to have context. It has to be relevant. Like You need to be a storyteller. I really, I really think that he thinks that he can just get up and be T.I. and people are going to giggle at him the way that they do. Or the way that, you know, they have whenever he was on his show and people would have little comments on Twitter. But we weren't laughing at you because you were telling jokes. Right. The other thing is, it's hard for, especially the the rap generation that T.I. was in, to where your whole thing was about being not a joke as a person. To go from that to being like, oh, you're supposed to be the funny nigga? You can't just turn that shit off. Mm-hmm. Some people can, but a hyper-masculine person like T.I.? No. <sighs> The other bad part of all of this is so we go back to Atlanta. T.I. wants to do stand up after somebody, and there's a black woman who's a comedian on stage rocking the mic. T.I. starts heckling her and telling her to take her wig off, do all of this shit. She ain't funny, and all of this. And then she makes a joke about, yeah, but you say all this, but you won't say nothing about the allegations. And T.I. gets pissed. Like, pissed. And that's, that's another thing about comedy that you have to be ready for. You can be roasted at any moment when you put yourself up on that stage. Especially when you're heckling at another comedian stage when they're on the mic, you asking for trouble. Oh yeah, these these are people that are prepared. Right? They like I wish a nigga would. <laughs> we all know people that wish, not hope that something bad happens, or hope that nothing bad happens. These people wish, like that Cedric the Entertainer thing. I wish a nigga would be in my seat. <laughs> <laughs> So she make that crack and he just get mad. He started acting like a fucking uh child. He gets on stage. She tries to take the mic away from her. He tried to hug her. Like this awkward like hug situation. And I was just like And then the other natural thing was I was like, that's not the way to beat allegations about not consent. To just get on stage and start touching a woman who did nothing to you. Kind of goes in line with what all the allegations say. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so he's just calling her a bitch and all this shit, whispering threats to her. And then uh, he's just sitting on the stage. And I think they eventually tell him to get off or whatever. So she goes viral. And then he says, I never called her a bitch. And if she if I called her a bitch, I'll give her a million dollars. And then so somebody put the video up of her <laughs> called her a bitch twice and she was like, Where's my million dollars, nigga? 
It was. It just must really suck to be the wives of men like this and having to right stick beside them. Right, like you can't just be embarrassing your woman like that, and he stay embarrassing his woman. All of the women in his family, his ex women, his children, everybody. Mm-hmm. Like it's wild. But the wildest thing, well, not the wildest thing, but one of the wilder elements of all of this is this is the type of thing that you start seeing the divide generationally among mm-hmm. uh, people. Like that one girl tweeted, y'all, y'all said, um, what did she say? T.I. said he was the king of the South and y'all let him ride with it. And you're like, babe, girl, you weren't out here, but T.I. was the king of the South. He was. <laughs> <laughs> He had, he, had, he had his reign, just like Lil Wayne. Yeah, and it was around the same time, too. And then the other thing is, T.I., from I'm Serious, to Trap Music, to Urban Legend, to King, that's... I think Trap Music came out when we were in eighth grade. From then on, T.I. was running the South. Mm-hmm. Which is a part of like hip hop history we don't really talk about. In high school, when King came out, the album, and then uh, ATL came out the same week, and he had a number one album and the number one movie in the country. T.I. was out here. That nigga was on an episode of The OC. You know how big you had to be back then to be on the episode of OC? T.I.'s hood ass on the episode of the OC? I just want for rich niggas to realize when to tap out of the game. Like, just collect your royalties. Your music is still being streamed. Um, probably still being used in, in certain entities. Didn't he have a clothing line or didn't he have a clothing line? A cool. <laughs> um, your son out here rapping, which Damani. He can rap. Damani got bars. I like, I, I've been watching him. When he first started rapping, I was like, mm. he coming in his own now. He's, he is developing his craft. Um, they're like, sir, you've, you've done a lot for yourself. You have made your money. You have your name. Just chill out, bro. <laughs> I wish every now and then, you know, Snoop come out and say some wild shit, but I wish more people followed the Snoop Dogg legacy uh, career. Snoop every now and then come out with a hot song or a hot little album, do some cool shit, do some crossover shit. But everybody loves Snoop. That's how you're supposed to age in this hip hop shit. Jay-Z is another example. Right. Hove every now and then come out with a couple bars that are just fire shit and he go back to living his rich ass fucking life. Get your money and sit your ass down. Like right. stop, stop trying to step in every single everybody ain't capable. Jamie Jamie Foxx is a good example of a nigga who has multiple lanes. Yeah. Everybody can't do that. Like no know your strengths and at this point in TI's career. He should know what his strengths are and just rest in that. What T.I. should be doing is focusing his energy on building the next generation of Atlanta hip-hop. 
or Southern hip hop, which he had started doing for a second when he signed Dobie, and then Dobie unfortunately was killed. Yeah, who Dobie was? That's what I'm saying though. His own son is out here, like, bro, <sighs> cultivate. Right. There in your own home. Your daughter is a musician. Old niggas can't sit down sometimes. You know what's funny though? He's only like four years older than us. Yeah. He just started having kids mad young. Early as fuck, yeah. But still, like he old nigga. started making money when he was young. Let's see how old T.I. is. So he got the money. He got the money. See, I was 41. Uh, he's eight years older than us. My bad. I, I forgot. I didn't even realize he was that much older than us. Yeah, I was going to say, he got to be like 42, 43. I knew he was a little bit older than my sister, but yeah. But, um, yeah. T.I. Yeah, is just... I've never, like... Other than he who should not be named... Why is it that all my favorite rappers just become terrible people? Because they don't know how to sit their ass down once they have done what they needed to do or just continue operating in their craft. They start stepping into lanes that they don't need to step into. It's just like he should not be named as a whole ass billionaire. It was just out here wilding a couple weeks ago. And we ain't heard nothing from him. And that shit makes me scared. Right. At, at the same time, though, he did need to, he, he do need to be out the way for a little bit. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I'm not saying, like, scared for his safety or nothing. I'm scared for my own fandom to get even worse. You know how hard it is to be a he who should not be named fan? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's wild, bro. Like you're cheering for Voldemort at this point. Everybody yeah. didn't forgot about them college dropout days or how Kanye I mean he should not be named made you feel back in the day. Like I remember when we were at A and M, this is a brief aside. I remember when we were A and M and can late registration I mean, before I went to A and M when I was at Buckhorn, I used to go to A and M games. Late registration had just dropped and the band started playing a celebration. And I was like, this is amazing. Yeah, man, it's, it's, it's something different to hear. A, uh, a HBCU a full, band? A full band playing some good ass like hip hop class. Especially because like late registration was built to be orchestra, orchestra. <sighs> Orchestral. Boom. <laughs> um, but to hear oh. like a full band do it with all yeah. the horns and shit, that mm-hmm. shit was magic, bro. And I was like, ain't nobody doing it. Like he who should not be named. And then it's like, why couldn't he just keep giving us good music? Or what if he just quit after uh if he quit after Donda, I'd be good. Donda is a really good album. Like, a, like I love that album. 24 then got me through some tough times already. But yeah. 
What else? I, I had I think one other thing. Oh, today, four years ago, Beyonce performed at Coachella. Dang, it's already been four years. I remember that <laughs> night. Bro, I say that to, she came on, it was a California time. I think she came on like twelve like two it o'clock was, in the morning. Was, it was after midnight. We was all up. Yeah. Like, and we were watching it live. I was in my apartment. And I'm just like, this shit is crazy. Cause that like the uh concert we're talking about, of course, is if you watch uh Netflix, Homecoming with Beyonce, this is the concert we're talking about. The way she came out with that cape. That's what I and then the, the New Orleans shit played in the background. I was like, yo. Cape and the Nefertiti crown. Right. The way she was stepping, it was like, okay. Hey, this is going to be drum some magical man. shit. Right. She was the drum mate. Like, that is that, that still historical. Like, Iconic. ever would think to do a marching band style, HBCU marching band style concert? At a white ass fucking venue. I mean, I'm talking about black as fuck. Has steppers and everything. Bruh. We also had a step show. At Coachella. (laughs) She had her old version of the marching band dancers. What no game going on? It was halftime at Coachella. Beyonce don't never let us down, and I just really hope that she never gets to a point where she becomes Ti or Kanye and starts doing some fuck shit. See, now I was thinking about this literally. Beyonce and Jay Z don't have like they don't give us anything outside of their art or yeah. with Jay his business deals and things. Yeah, they've been they've been really good about that, and which. I was thinking about this because I was like, with the Will Smith and Jada thing, all their shit that goes on, their problem was they didn't give us any art about them working through things or, you know, anything. Beyonce can come out with Lemonade, which if she gave an interview, interview, a 40-minute interview about the things she discussed in Lemonade, that would be deemed an overshare. But by putting it with your music and your art, the videos and everything else, it becomes bigger than just an overshare. You've mm-hmm. expressed your pain in multiple ways. But then you- also, it's not like, it's still not explicit. Like we're picking up on what happened, but we still don't know exactly what everything. happened. Yeah. But that also makes it more personal because it leads to where we can add our own personal experiences to make it apply to these different songs. Mm-hmm. That's what art is supposed to do. Yeah. And people don't be putting their shit in art. They just be trying to put it in content. It is not the same. It's not. Content and art are not the same thing. Mm-hmm. 
and I think is meant to be consumed in a very specific way. And with art, you have to do things deliberately to make sure the correct message gets across. I'm with y'all in on a little secret. This podcast is not supposed to be sound like sound professional. It's supposed to sound like a fly on the wall situation. To where like you just hovering over either my house when we're recording together or where we're both recording now. And you're supposed to just pick up in on the conversation we're going on now and you're supposed to leave. That's how it's supposed to be felt. Hopefully that's how it comes across. Mm-hmm. To where at any other time, just no, we may be having a conversation like this somewhere in the world. A lot of podcasts ain't meant to sound like that. True, they be wanting to go for mass appeal, but that's also why I feel like, to me, this is art, not content. All the shit we may leave on the floor is the content right. or the overshare. Mm-hmm. But what we specifically want you to hear is what you're supposed to hear. And for the most part, it's supposed to be how you hear it. Yeah. It's not going to be polished and everything because you're supposed to be here. Boom. I hope people realize that it's not just like we're cutting corners or anything. It's that's how to me. I I guess I probably should have asked you this a long time ago. Do you like how that sounds? That it's supposed to be like just no. That's that's what it is. Okay, it's supposed to just be a conversation, right? Like one of our friends, he's been doing like you know some podcast things or whatever. And I was trying to explain it to him. Like, I don't, I never wanted to make a podcast the way that other people make podcasts. We ain't gonna be arguing. Like, we can argue about shit, but we ain't gonna be disrespectful, which I'm glad we have never been disrespectful to each other. Yeah. We're gonna talk about complex things and we're gonna talk about stupid ass things. But the end goal was supposed to be to where you feel that you're just dropped in on a conversation you're probably not supposed to hear, but you're hearing anyway. Or that's how I always envisioned it. I was heavily influenced. <laughs> I'm going too deep. I was heavily influenced by uh, when the Beatles came out with Let It Be Naked when we were in high school. They had an additional disc where it was called Fly on the Wall. Mm-hmm. And it's just the sounds of them recording what would become Let It Be. Yeah. Which, a couple months ago when they came out with Get Back, a lot of that those conversations were played in video, which I would, which is another reason why I like Get Back when it came on Disney+. Plus. But so I've always envisioned this as just a fly-on-the-wall session. That's why sometimes when we come in, it's not like... So we're starting a podcast. Uh, we're sponsored by Buzz. Blah, 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 blah. It's supposed to be in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Or whatever that it's uh, Shakespearean word for it. In the mist. In the mid-hour or some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I 
What a nerd. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. You can find all of our links and merchandise at www.thesuburbanpodcast.com. You can also get your listens in on any of these streaming services, such as Google Play, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Subscribe. Episodes come out every Friday. Beom, beom, beom.